velvety soft bath hands and some real thud in the back, leading to moments like this and McConaughey, and he's snaking his way through, and in Clark to Glanville, fucking a singer is standing, waiting, pouncing. Big Joel makes his a double. Oh, he's gone through on his own. Josh Matabesi, ender of worlds, destroyer of walls. Spencer whips it away. Beautifully done. Gavin scored. The two young bucks who underline their love of this place earlier in the week. Orlando Bailey and Max Ajomo conspire in thrilling fashion. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug. The rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan, Tom. Tom, how are you? I'm okay, mate. I'm okay. Yeah, the 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 nights are getting darker, the mornings are darker and it's, uh, it's already feeling like this could be, this could be uh, a long season, but we'll be, we'll be here every week or so. Um, to, to, to get us and everyone else through it. Yeah, mate, what a treat for us this week and all the listeners. Not just one defeat to talk about. We've actually got two to talk about this week. Bath's defeat away at London Irish on Saturday and also the midweek loss to rivals Gloucester on Wednesday. Yeah, it's been a tough start to the season, Tom. Some deja vu, certainly, for, for many Bath fans. Yeah, I think, well, you know, our, our stellar record against Gloucester continues, and I think you know uh, another game hosting Gloucester in the Premiership this time on Saturday. I think that that is that record is is it has a very good chance of continuing. But yeah, deja vu from last season. And to be honest, I mean you were at the you were at the G Tech Arena on on Saturday, so you'll be you'll be able to get into it. But deja vu from last week, to be fair, against Wasps, a pretty pathetic display in that first half a, a spirited-ish comeback that that you know flattered the scoreline probably a little bit in 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 this case but yeah just not not good enough once again from from us yeah we're going to talk all about that game Tom and my trip to the GTEC community centre on Saturday afternoon the Gloucester game that was and the Gloucester game that will come along with some news Tom some injury news and some injury cover news as well that's come out this week so we're going to get into all that on the bath rugby plug do follow us on socials at bath rugby plug get in contact with us there and bath rugby plug at gmail.com let us know all of your thoughts and thank you very much for listening share the podcast with your friends as always tom let's get into to the to the game on saturday i think is where we'll start before looking kind of back again at the game last midweek in the premiership rugby cup against gloucester and as you say this turned out to be our fifth defeat of the season five from five in that respect 47 38 tom continuing the trend across the premiership that we were touching on before we hit record of just some incredibly high scoring games what were your sort of overriding emotions at the end of, of watching this game as you say a, a spirited comeback in a way but but ultimately a, another defeat what, what were your thoughts well I think we, we we just lost the game really in that, that first half you know as we said on the podcast last week you can't concede 35 points in the first half and in the fashion that we did as well it was 
it was so easy. I mean, all London Irish really had to do was suck a few guys in and then spin it wide. I mean, and, and load a Hustle Collins would latch onto to a try. I mean, there's no wonder that both both their wingers ended up with with hat tricks because we basically just had nothing to nothing to offer them out wide at all. So yeah, I mean the defense in you know an area that we have spoken about till we are blue in the face. I was going to say blue, black, and white in the face. There, we've spoken about it time and time again. Johan van Graan has you know came on this podcast and spoke about the focus and the two tries a game target. Four games in, 154 points conceded, zero wins, bottom of the table. You know it's going to be it's it's not going to happen overnight. But I mean the the defense in particular has just has just, you know, it's hard to say that it's really improved too much from, from last season. The defence hasn't hasn't improved at all. And yeah, that that's absolutely the key thing to take out of the the game as the whole. And and there's been times this season when it's been the more defence or other areas of defence. But it's very clear the way that London Irish want to play. They want to play quickly and they want to have really nice link play between the forwards and backs to get it wide early and often and we highlighted that as a area that they're going to look to exploit when we recorded the podcast last week Tom and it must have been on the the the, the forefront of Bath's coaches minds and JP Ferrero the defense coaches mind and Bath players minds and with all that being said we just had absolutely no answer to it we were so so narrow in every single to in, in you know on every single occasion it was just so easy for them to to just move it wide and score unopposed and that just fell right into their hands and yeah for them to score what was it five tries six tries in that first half i think it was seven seven tries overall it's just simply not good enough we're so narrow we almost weren't as if we weren't expecting them to to play that way and we just had no answer to it. We were sat in the corner where the, the first two or three tries were scored and you could just see how the way we were kind of sat, you could just see how narrow we got and how obvious it was where they needed to move the ball to. And yeah, that, that premiership level is is not good enough. Yeah, it looked like uh, you know, a fifteen man team playing a twelve man team at times. Yeah. There was there was so much space, there was an overlap at at every single opportunity, and yeah, if that's you know, Irish are a team, as you say, that that like to play like that, and they are sharp. And I think when they're when they're when they're running in those wide channels in in good conditions, they you know they they score plenty of tries, and they're a hard team to defend against. But I mean, there's 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 some such easy fixes there with with us with us fanning out, being wider, um, and yeah, it was it was. Another pretty another way, pretty, pretty shocking that. Another way of of stopping that Tom, or at least kind of slowing that down, is also having some sort of presence at the breakdown. Like you need to give the back line and the forwards that are defending time to time to get wide and time to set and space appropriately. And on Saturday, we had absolutely zero presence in that breakdown. And this, unfortunately, is a theme that has been across all four games so far this season particularly the, the previous three premiership games, is at the breakdown, we have been, in one way or another, torn apart. Like, against Sale and against Wasps, it was there defensively jackling over the ball. But against London Irish, it was just how quickly they were able to clear out how little presence we had at that breakdown. And 
how that just allowed them to constantly be playing on the front foot, on the front foot. Ben White, the scrum half, just constantly on the front foot, able to release these backs. And then you see kind of our big forward pack and our backs not really aligned and spaced correctly. And that's what brings that's what brings their kind of back three into play. And, and I think we've got a lot of injuries right in that area. But it's also, for me, a massive show-me-something season for two guys, Miles Reed and Josh Bayless. Like, these aren't young guys in it anymore. They're not inexperienced guys. These are the players that should be some of our best players this season. And unfortunately, they just haven't been. And they played and they're not injured. And there's no excuse from them. Um, and I think with the signing of Kluerter, with the loan signing of Ted Hill, which, which we're going to come on to, this season is a massive show-me-something for Johan van Graan, for players and for coaches, and I think massively for those two young guys. And I think, unfortunately, they're guys that we really want to do well because they're academy guys and, and they seem to love the club through you know throughout their childhood. But in my opinion, throughout this season, those guys have not had a big enough impact on the game and they, they definitely didn't on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, Miles Reid's not played much rugby so far this season, obviously being being injured at, at, at the start of the season. Josh Bayless as well. I'm not don't quite understand why he was playing number eight. For me, that's for me that's out of position. I agree. I think I, I sorry, Tom, but him playing number eight or him playing number seven or number six when he needs to have a bigger impact on that game at the breakdown. Yeah, maybe. So yeah, as I say, Miles Reid he's not played not played much rugby yet this season. Um, so what's he played? That was his first 18 minutes this season. Um, yeah, Josh, possibly players. I don't think that, I don't think that you can, you can, you can, you can pin it on two guys and expect two no. guys just to turn around. And I would say, I would say on those guys that in the past, in losing efforts, those guys have stood up massively and, 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 and been counted and have, and have worked and fought for, for every single thing. So, um, I, but but I do agree on the breakdown. Breakdown. We've been absolutely nowhere on it, and I think we'll get on to Ted Hill. But he's going to be a massive addition to that. Hopefully, particularly having you know lost Sam Underhill and Chris Chris Kalerta. I think the other thing as well, G. We just we just make our lives so difficult as well early on in the game, and we allowed London Irish to get off to that really really quick start, score in the third minute, and then the seventh minute. And I think it was a point that that Johan Van Gran made in 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 the interview. Uh, you know, after the game, we lost our first two lineouts. We lost our first two scrums. So we're just being pinned back. We're not able to return our, retain our own ball. We're not able to exit. And then London Irish have free quick ball in our in our you know forty in our ten around our ten meter line twenty two, and they just punish us because we're just we're not playing in the right areas. So it's kind of a a perfect concoction of how to start a game poorly and how to let a side like London Irish start to run through you. And they did absolutely run through us, Tom, 35-5 down at half-time. Um, some individual mistakes for tries as well. Ajoma, certainly, uh, with, with a, a misread for the Ben Loder. Ben Loder hat-trick scoring try, Tom, as I said to you before. Um, hat-trick, brace of hat-tricks for players against Bath for London Irish on Saturday and as a Manchester United fan a brace of hat-tricks in the Manc Derby meant it was a pretty I was, yeah, I, was, I, was I was a bit happy about that one <laughs> a fairly tough weekend but yeah what a day to be a, a London Irish winger let me, let me ask you walking hat-tricks let me ask you G because you were there and I'd like to hear also a little bit about 
what the what the atmosphere was like. Oh, what the come on to happens. that. But but so Johan van Graan, as he did again after the 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 Wasps game last week, described the second half as excellent, and said that he was very very proud of the way that we'd come back, and that had showed him quite a lot about you know the you know what we can show so far this season. You tweeted out after the game saying lipstick on a pig, which is not an expression I've heard before, which but I but I, I do enjoy it. What do you what did you make of the what did you make of the second half? I mean comeback is a stretch. What did you make of the, the second half flurry of tries and and you know did that did that kind of right some of the wrongs of the first half in your opinion? No. Not at all. Let's be clear, it was forty two seventeen on seventy one minutes. Yeah, I wrote that down as well. That, that. There is, that is not a second half comeback. That there is very, very little to be proud of. We didn't roll over and let it be 71. We didn't let yeah. roll over and let it be 64. But that that is not we shouldn't be thinking, oh, we didn't let it get to 71. Great effort, lads. Like, what are we doing? It's an improvement, isn't it? You can't oh. argue that it's an improvement though. Um, yeah, but it's not an imp- like it's not good enough improvement. Like, that that should not be a positive to take from the game that we didn't let it get absolutely embarrassing amateur amateurly. Also, also I was reading. Also, I was also reading some statistics that London Irish are very very poor at when they get a lead, they often then lose the second half. So they for me, for me, for me, and and any teams do, but I think the the stats show that they do in particular. Um, they 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 don't often give up the game, but they'll often give up big first half leads after they've started fast. And it's it's natural that every team will 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 kind of switch off subconsciously and not quite have the same the same the same level of intensity. But yeah, ultimately, yeah, I yeah, I, I agree. Lipstick lip, lip on a pig. You still stand by that that then? Yeah, I did delete a couple of other tweets that I put out. Oh dear! You didn't at Freddie Burns, did you? <laughs> I never did. For the record, I never did. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that sums up that sums up my thoughts on it. I, I didn't think it 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 was very much to write home about, and I think it shouldn't take away from the the glaring issues that we saw in that in that first half. Tom, it was it was really poor, and kind of the ease and the the, the almost friendly way in which we defended throughout that game was epitomised by Max Green when uh, Paddy Jackson scored the intercept try towards the end of the game to make it, I don't know, what, what did that make it? 47-31, I think that made it. And Paddy Jackson scores, dives over, goes to hold his hand with cramp and Max Green you know, moves quicker than he has all game to help Paddy Jackson out with cramp. And I thought that summed up the... The amicable nature with which Bath defended on on Saturday afternoon, we weren't easy to beat, and we haven't been since week one. Yeah, we're the most gracious losers in the league. Um, yeah, we are, and it, it's it's poor. We've conceded 31, 37, 39, and forty seven points in the four games in the term. Tom technically leaving ourselves bottom of the league, although. Pretty sure we won't end there with the, the perils of of, Wasp, of Worcester and I think eventually Wasps. At what point, Tom, do we start to think this isn't going to work? I think when you're in the eye of the storm, it's easy to be a little bit... It's easy to think short term, 
I mean, we both said, and you were you particularly made this point, and Jan Vergran has said this on 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 various interviews that he's done that this is this is a train ride, and that the first stop of of this train ride is the end of the season, and I think a lot of the issues that we've got are so fundamental defense being a massive area set piece as well game management that I think I I I I, I, I you know I think we're going to have to give it plenty of time for these things to improve themselves we've only had four games the nature of the defeats have been very very poor with the exception of the exception of the Bristol game but yeah I think I don't think at any point this season we will say look this this Bangran experiment hasn't worked. Let's rip it all up and tear it again because we've made a lot of fundamental changes um, to the very top of the, the the tree in terms of leadership, and I think we'll stick with that for the next the next few seasons. When I think I think well, I, there's no way we'll end winless. I just I just <laughs> I just I just don't believe that. That said, the league the league is very very competitive. And, you know, Newcastle being the one team that maybe we think we can get a win over them. They beat Newcastle, they beat Bristol 30 points to 15 on Friday night. So with the league being as competitive as it is, and with the number of tries that these teams are scoring and our defence, yeah, you've got to say that it's going to take some some we're luck. We ain't getting Worcester twice this year. So, yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. That said, you know, in uh, during parts of the sale game, during most of the Bristol game, and during the second half, I would say of the the Wasps game, we have shown glimpses about a more of a, of a more physical, dominant team that can score tries and can can break teams down. I mean, London Irish is probably the worst performance we've had because, as you say, it was so fleeting and it was so much too little, too late when they switched off in that last 10 minutes. But I think during parts of that, those first three games, particularly Bristol, we've shown that, 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 that there are things that potentially are starting to change. Now, when you, unfortunately, when you throw in the injuries that we have got, and we've been unbelievably unlucky with injuries to the likes of Urbano, Underhill, Yules, Katsia, Kalerte, Ben Spencer, who looks like he's going to have a few more weeks on the, on the sidelines as well, Will Muir. Well, these are... He's incredibly key guys, and we'll come on to that. But with those guys injured, yeah, it's as I say, it's, it's going to be a very long season. But I don't think anything's going to change before the end of the season, at the very, very earliest. Yeah, we will come on to to those injuries, Thomas, as as you say, and that was a lovely segue. But I think before we do go on to that, I just want to touch base quickly on the the second defeat that Bath had. I guess the first defeat they had of this yeah. week since we last recorded the podcast Wednesday evening. Tom, a fifteen. 29 defeat to rivals Gloucester. I unfortunately was unable to to follow this game closely and no stream and, and no real way for me to follow up on it. So I'm, I'm relying on you here. What did you um, gauge from, I think, the radio commentary that, that you listened to? Yeah, well, it was another defeat, but much more positive on on, on this one um, yeah I listened to the the game on BBC Radio Bristol Matt Banahan was commentating or summarising and doing a doing a brilliant job actually he's very knowledgeable he obviously knows play, all the young players from both from both teams from both Gloucester and Bath um, and we we you know particularly well in, in the first half we really came out and showed fight a very young Bath team against 
a much more experienced Gloucester team with guys in there like Jake Preledry, Johnny May, uh, Lewis Ludlow, Tom Seabrook. It was a good Gloucester side. They were they would have been a fair bit older. Um, and we had a we had a you know a, particularly the bench was 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 basically kids and I think we almost surprised them with some 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 physicality and, and based on the commentaries we you know we were running hard JJ Tonks Ethan Stadden who I think had a really good game Tom Ellis and then Max Green was providing a little bit of impetus and pace um, maybe there were guys cramping up around the field I'm not sure but he was providing some pace <laughs> around the, around the base as well so yeah and, and good to see Big Mac getting a start and getting in a, a full forty minutes after he's obviously been been injured so far this season. So, yeah, it was a good first half. We went into the break ahead. I think it was 10-7 at, at, at halftime and held off the Gloucester attack for the last sort of five minutes of that period on the on our line, which was 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 pleasing. In the second half, Gloucester rung some changes and I think had a had a little bit little bit too much. They scored a, a few early try, a few tries in that third quarter, got got ahead. We got a try sort of you know, towards the end, but very competitive game. And I think, yeah, I think when, when we saw the team sheets, we thought, Oh no, this could be another one. Like we saw before, you know, a 60, 70 pointer like we had last season, but much more, much more spirited. And um, yeah, it looks like some young guys got some, got some good game time and, and, you know, built some confidence, hopefully. Hopefully, and with the, with a the raft of injuries that Bath have got currently, we may start to see a few of them feature a little bit more in the first team, Tom. Yeah, yeah. Bath in, in, in good fashion. You know, they've been doing this a bit recently, which is great. Released a almost full injury report, I would say. Um, and this is great in the way that we've been asking for more clarity around injuries, um, but really disappointing when it comes to the actual content of that report yeah. <laughs> Tom, Tom the yeah, rather they didn't Tom, Tom the Glanville hamstring injury no time frame given on him but but sounds like that's not imminent Josh McNally and GJ Van Veltzer both with dislocated shoulders against London Irish on Saturday um, both seeing specialists awaiting news on that Ben Spencer still concussed um, hoping to return in October but the real killer, Tom, for Bath fans was the injury, the knee injury suffered by Will Muir in training. And it was revealed that the horse will be out for the remainder of the season. Just a devastating blow for, for Bath fans and, and for Will Muir, who, friend of the podcast, is a terrific bloke and a terrific rugby player. It, it, it genuinely knocked me for six. It, it ruined my day, at least one or two days, because... Yeah, as you say, he's 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 such a good bloke. He's been he's played two seasons of professional fifteens. He's been top try scorer both those seasons for Bath. He's player of the season last season. He started this season in in really good fashion. Mm, he's sure. really our only only good ball carrier in the in, in the backs and forwards. And he's yeah, it's it's so unlikely. What looked like a fairly innocuous um, injury against against Sale. I think, and he's, I think he was in training, mate. Actually. Oh, you're right. You're quite right. Yeah, it was in training before the Wasps game, wasn't it? Um, and yeah, or even before. It could have even been training last week. You're right. Yeah, I think it was. I think he played the Wasps game. And yeah, terrible. And it, and you know those names are added to uh, already a fairly long list of guys that we already know about and that aren't mentioned on on that list. Yeah. And that is Ben Obano, dislocated knee, out for probably most of the season. Chris Calerte, Jacko Gutsier, foot injuries. 
um, uh, Sam Vanderhill, shoulder operation, Charlie Yule's ACL. <laughs> Tick off every serious injury you can possibly get at this point. And then, um, yeah, well, you know, you mentioned Ben Spencer with the concussion, but yeah, it's it's dire straits from a from an injury front, and not for the first season. You know, you've got to ask the question. We we spoke to Van Gran about the you know injury prevention and the guys that he brought in, and obviously there is an element of luck with this, but you also think that there's got to be things that we're doing in training or fundamentally at Bath that aren't quite working because this is the you know. We've had this is the what second season in a row really where we're racking up serious injury numbers to our top players. So yeah, gutting and it's 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 really not helping things. It must really really harm morale for the rest of the players out there when they see these top guys unavailable and um, particularly when you're losing. Yeah, it's not just a, a two season thing, Tom. It's something that we've been lamenting for well, five yeah. seasons of doing this podcast and 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 before that as well. Just key players not featuring for the for the whole season and yeah Bath I guess in a way fortunate although clearly wouldn't want it to be this way with the situation around Worcester Warriors and yeah we did cover it a little bit on on last week's podcast the situation there and with their players clearly eager for for some regular game time with them being suspended from all competitions Bath have have swooped in and and picked off what arguably are four of their best players Tom Ted Hill Ollie Lawrence Fergus Lee Warner and Valerie Morosov yeah where do you want to start with with this one why don't why don't we start Tom with with Ted Hill who I think potentially you know those first two certainly the headline names to to come from this what can you what what can you see what have you seen from Ted Hill uh, at premiership level and what, what will he bring to the blue black and white well, first, I was just going to say, because I, I, I was trying to remember if I said this on a podcast or beforehand to you or maybe Henry, we were talking about Worcester and I was saying, you know, there's got to be players that uh, are going to be wanting to sign um, and they're going to be wanting to play rugby and they'll be wanting to have, you know, have their wages paid. Um, it just felt a little bit predatory at the point to, to say that because I think that was the day of the, you know, the, the Worcester kind of administration news but I think you know you say you say swooped in there but I think you know it makes perfect sense from a Worcester point of view as well if they can find a buyer this season um and they can find a no def- a no fault um clause to their kind of administration they could be playing again in the league with a fully funded buyer by the 22nd of October or later so it makes c- complete sense for these guys to 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 get rubby and it makes complete sense from from our point of view on Ted Hill, I think this is this is a really really good signing. You know, he's very very good cover for Underhill or Chris Kalurta, who obviously we've we've lost. He's good over the ball. He's a very very good carrier as well, which is something that we've 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 missed. Um, and for a guy that's twenty three, he's got very good experience in the Premiership. I think he's played eighty or eighty ish. Um, he's made eighty ish appearances in the in the in the Premiership already. And he's captain Worcester for for um, last season, I think it was. So yeah, uh, um, a really good signing. He's been involved with England. He's got two appearances for England as well. So um, a very handy signing. And as you say, G, to be honest, probably top of the tree in terms of the talent that that, that is at Worcester right now. Yeah, he's the best player, and he's a quality player. And yeah, I think these signings are initially for a month, right? 
just whilst they kind of assess the situation at Worcester. But I don't want Worcester to go down any more financial difficulties. But this is exactly the sort of player that that we need. We should be looking to bring in on a long term basis. He's a fantastic, fantastic player. Likewise, Ollie Lawrence, a player that I know Bath have been interested in previously. Yeah. Van Grant was speaking about him and his media availability today, I think, or yesterday, Tuesday, as we record. And he was just saying that, that he's going to bring some game line and some go forward in that yeah. back line, which is something that they clearly, clearly want. Doc Nassig has been way more involved, which has been fantastic. But the centre partnership without partnership without my boy, Big Bull Butt. Well, yeah. Not, great. Not, not, good, not good for your prediction. Not great for Big, big Will. Big Butt Will, but... Yeah, good player, Ollie Lawrence, and I'll be excited to see him in a in a blue, black, and white shirt. Player we've already seen, Tom, in a Bath shirt, who will be joining from Worcester with the other two that we've mentioned there. Hill and Lawrence is Valerie Morisov, uh, the the loose head prop who played for Bath to a degree of success last season, and, and we were kind of disappointed to see him move on. Certainly, so he'll provide cover in that front row department again an area with Beno Urbano's injury that we we appear to be light another area of where we appear to be light is the lock department and Fergus Lee Warner an Australian lock who joined Worcester at the start of this season will also be joining Bath on loan so four signings there Tom which really should bolster the ranks at the blue black and white for sort of however long it takes for Worcester to get back on their feet so yeah I think this is positive news all around these guys will clearly want to return to Worcester when when they're able to 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 put a few things that have gone wrong there right but in the short term good signings and and it can't help to to have those relationships built in the future you know Max Malins a player who was on loan at Bristol went back to Saracens and today it has been announced that he will be joining Bristol on a full-time basis at the end of the season, even though Bristol clearly haven't been able to speak to Max Malins until the 1st of January, in line with the, the premiership rules with, with clubs speaking to players out of contract. But yeah, that clearly won't go investigated. And that is, that is an annoying good signing for them. But they haven't spoken to him yet. Oh, sorry. They're not, they're not allowed to until the 1st of January, right? Or we're just not doing that anymore. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It's, yeah, some of the most welcome news since the start of the season. Um, this, these, the, no, no, these guys coming in because it's been a torrid time for injuries. And on that, actually, I would recommend I'll do a do a plug now for the for the Bath Media guys. I'd recommend the these recovery journey episodes that that Bath have been putting out onto YouTube. Um, Sponsored by Compede. Yeah, Compete are really getting some. Compete is our injury sponsors are really getting some time. <laughs> they're getting they're getting value for money. They are. Um, but yeah, it's the Compete recovery journey episode. The first one was Charlie Yules, and it's um, it's good, and it and it it puts into perspective. You know, we list these guys off like it's a it's a laundry list, but you know, when you're actually it's your career on the line, and it's a year of your life, and you don't know a lot can change in that time, and um these injuries they can just happen so easily and so they can look so innocuous when they do happen and they can they can take years of hard you know a year of hard work say to get back so um well worth a, a watch for fans who are kind of interested in that journey plug for compete on the bath rugby plug sponsored by nobody could do some always open to it compete always. listening 
Right, let's move on, Tom, to preview the game at the Rec on Saturday. We seem to have spoken a lot about Gloucester already so far this season, but we will welcome them to the Rec in the Premier. They've not, they've not got their own their own club podcast, have they? I've not heard of one. Who Gloucester? Yeah. Why? No, they do. I'm only joking. Do they? Oh, gee. Yeah, they do. They do. Anyway. <laughs> I have literally no idea what you're referring to. Go on. Okay, fine. Gloucester at the rec on Saturday, game on BT Sport. You kind of referenced the terrible record that we've had against Gloucester going back last uh, to, to kind of last season and then again with the defeat last Wednesday. Gloucester with kind of a weird start to the season. They only played two games so far out of a possible four. They had the bye week early. And then, of course, they had the the game which was cancelled against Worcester. So kind of quite a difficult side to get a gauge on. And, and two weird games they played as well, Tom. The opening week win against Wasps in a, in a second-half comeback. And then they were, you know, had a taste of their own medicine in, in week three against Saracens when Saracens came back in, in astonishing fashion to, to beat them right at the death. So, yeah, what have you made of Gloucester so far? I've mean, yeah, not a lot of game tape so far, but, I mean, their squad's not changed a whole lot from from last season. And just looking at the the team that, that, that played Saracens and that very nearly beat Saracens away which when you look at what they did to, to Leicester at the weekend is is very, very impressive. Um, it's a very strong looking side. I mean, the pack is 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 big and, and ugly. Guys like Ruin Ackerman and Albert Tuasui, who they brought in. They'll have Jake Paledri coming back, Lewis Ludlow coming back, both guys that that played in the Premiership Rugby Cup game against us. Geordie Reed, who featured um off off the bench there. And then out wide, obviously they've always got they've always got um Stardust, right? So Ollie Thorley and, and Lewis Reese out wide. You can see those guys eyeing up a few tries, seeing what Ben Loder and Ollie Hassel Collins were were able to do. And then two very direct centres in in Mark Atkinson and, and Chris Harris. So it's a good side. And it's a it's a it's a well coached side. And we historically have really struggled against them. So I don't like the look of it because I think I think they're a genuine I think they're genuinely a top four contender and I think that as as you say we're going to be we're going to be we're going to be some way off unless we see unless we see massive signs of improvement and I'll be interested to see how quickly these guys from Worcester have started to be integrated into the into the squad or whether the preference at this point is to have the more inexperienced Bath guys Bath guys play quickly they'll Mm. be they'll be playing here we'll start the lock might start Morosov will probably be on the bench, and I think yeah. Lawrence Lawrence could even feature. Like, could do, yeah. I'd say we're not, we're not, we're not. Center's probably the only yeah. position at the moment where we're we're we're, we're not light. Um, but yeah, could see could see two or three of those guys those guys come in. But the but reason why they come from nowhere, like they're playing, right? Yeah, but I mean, it takes time, doesn't it, to fit into a. Well, into a system unless your name's Nathan Hughes and you can just slide straight in and be a world beater yeah but, uh, um, yeah, but I, I didn't see too much out of the, the players that were playing in that system in inverted commas over the first four weeks to suggest that people coming fresh into it would be much worse 
it's a it's a unique system. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> it's certainly a unique system. JP's got them running. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think they'll have a massive part to play in this game. And and yeah, I think we'll struggle again. They are a good side, Gloucester. They showed it last season, and I think yeah, they'll they're, they're going to have a strong season. I think the one area of weakness that they potentially have is the halfbacks. I'm not sold that Hastings is the answer for them at fly half. And and I think that's an area that, that ultimately holds them back from, from being one of the top, top sides in the league. But I'm not sure that it's an area where we can particularly take advantage of, um, particularly without, without Ben Spencer and with a pack that I think will be going backwards. So yeah, very difficult to, to see where, where we get, where we kind of turn this one around. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to take a little bit of luck, something going our way, I think. But I just think it's so important psychologically for players, fans, coaches to get a first premiership win on the board. And the problem is, as I was saying, that the league's so competitive and we've got to go to Saracens the week after this, which is which is just, just brutal. Then we've got Saints at home, Newcastle away on the 5th of November. You've probably got to target that as the most likely game to, to get off the mark. I just think you need to break the duck. Um, and everyone will, you, you never know once you, once you get that first win, more, more can start to follow. But at the moment, it feels like we're slipping into the same thing that we had last season where loss after loss after loss compounds and you suddenly end up with 12 or 13 on the bounce, whatever it was last season. And you're in a very, very difficult hole to come out of, even without the prospect of relegation, which... Um, you know, right now, if every team was playing, we'd probably be favourites to go down. <laughs> what, a, what a cheery outlook that was on, on the state of play at Bath Rugby. Certainly difficult, Tom, um, and another difficult week with, with those two losses. Um, a thick to scale. Well, yeah, and just to, pile on, well, just to pile on the pain a little bit more. And I'm always conscious of that guy we met at Ashton Gate who said, you guys are always too, too doom and gloom. I don't think we are, but maybe I have been I have been today. I'm feeling a little bit under the weather as well, which isn't isn't helping. But uh, an Instagram post I saw that 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 that, that rubbed salt into the wound, and it's my my weekly Zach Mercer watch, and he was named top 14 player of the year last season. You are welcome, Montpellier. You are welcome, Gloucester. What a terrible decision it was to 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 let him go. But we all know that now. Let it go. Just let it go. Doesn't matter anymore. He's not a Bath player. He hasn't been a Bath player for two seasons now. He's not ever going to be a Bath player again. Just let it go, mate. Oh, oh. Like we oh. don't need to keep talking about it. He's just another player. He's just another player. Stick to scale the reading then, Tom, from the G Tech Community Centre. And yeah, I realise I haven't been able to talk about my my experience, which was meant to lead the show. But yeah, premiership attendance is down across the board this season. Be interesting to see what the the, the turnout of the wreck is on on Saturday afternoon. And that was certainly in evidence on Saturday at the G Tech. Yeah, we had a whole block to ourselves. It seemed like it was yeah incredibly poor. And for a side playing great stuff in not too far outside of London is quite concerning to see because I'm not really sure what else they can do scoring 48 points and, and, and looking like a decent side. So yeah, that, that was worrying. And yeah, Bath's performance was, was equally worrying, rounding off a thick to scale reading for me of a two. 
um, which rounds off the, the podcast there. Tom, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for listening. The listeners, stick with it. As we said last season, stick with the boys, stick with us. Thank you for sticking with us as well through through the tough times. And yeah, we'll go again against Gloucester on Saturday. If you are going to the game, have a great time and stick behind the boys through thick and thin.